0: If you knew you were starting a business that would generate you $1 million per year, how much would you be willing to invest today?
1: Travis Ferris is a real estate entrepreneur, sales coach, team leader, public speaker, and community builder. He's done the work with over $500 million in total sales. Now he's welcoming you to the table,
0: but make sure you're ready. The coffee is for closers only. The mindset's the one thing that's going to keep you going. Coffee for Closers is powered by Collab Agents. Here's your host,
1: Travis Ferris.
0: All right. Thank you so much for tuning into Coffee for Closers, Uh, again, powered by Collab Agents. And and again, your one and only host, Travis Ferris. Uh, We were just talking. We've been ready to get this podcast going for a long time. Quick introduction, and we'll just hop right into it. Um, I have been managing hundreds of agents over the years of doing what I've been doing in business. And we came across Marina Tolentino. Um, we've now known her for a few years. And I'm super excited to bring her on to our podcast or our show today. Because she's such an amazing freaking person. Uh, business professional, uh s- Literally sold one of her businesses. And I've actually brokered business deals as well. So to actually be able to sell and walk away with a profit uh, is huge. Um, again, I know a lot about Marina and you know I'm, I'm excited to share a little bit about her with all of you guys, because that's what the show's about is bringing on the closers, the monsters, the titans in the industry and kind of what they do. So to hop right into it uh, and then we'll kind of just riff raff and flow from there. It, again, I've literally trained lots of agents from A to Z in real estate. And the hiring process is, a, it's a little bit of a, there's not a perfect science to it. You almost bring people on let them do their things and some will do great, some won't. But the one thing is, you know, you hit this mark and in your first real full year of real estate, you know, to break the six figures mark. And and I, I had to actually refrain from saying that to a lot of new agents because the fact is it's a simple thing to do. And I used to say it was easy on accident. It's very simple. So Um, we're going to hop right into it. So where were you at? What brought you into real estate? How did you find us? And then literally like what was behind, you know, hitting this six figures in year one, which again, you're blowing that away these days.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, There was a lot going on is the the simple truth. And so, uh, gosh, if we go 2020, I just had my second kid. So she was two months old at the time. Um, and the pandemic kind of shut everything down. But at the time I was full-time wedding planning, so I had about 10 brides I was actively planning weddings for um and luxury weddings. I would always take clients who were only a hundred thousand dollar budgets or above, just because it gave me more flexibility and more creativity. And so that was my little niche. And then in addition to doing wedding planning, I had a company called Rome Rentals, which was born out of the need to have these stylized lounges for weddings and events, which then started to shift. This was like 2018, so two years prior to 2020. Um, I had realtors coming up to me and DMing me on Instagram asking for staging because they loved our style. And I didn't even know what staging was. Um, so I ended up adding that on to our business. And so I was staging luxury listings um, for at least two years and really helping consult sellers and the agents to how to market their property for sale. Right. And then on top of it, we had a honey company, which we still own, which is Tolentino Honey Co., Um, And so my husband and I have been, that's been in the background since 2017, Um, but basically running these three companies and having two little ones under the age of five at the time. Um, And we were just kind of doing this entrepreneurial journey and dance together. And then the pandemic came and everything shut down. And immediately I had brides demanding deposits back, Uh, people in New Zealand who literally couldn't leave the country and couldn't have a wedding. And it was so horrific. Um, But I just knew that week in March, I was like, yo, we are not going to see events for two years. Like everything is shutting down. Conferences are shutting down. Like this is horrible, let alone trying to get to Hawaii, which was super conservative the whole pandemic. Um, And so I just had to pivot. I had to figure out what to do. And knowing that I was already working with sellers and a lot of listing agents, I was like, I think I could do real estate. It's something I had always kind of fantasized about and glamorized just from watching it on TV. And it looked like a lot of fun. Um so I just went for it. I crushed my course in 2 months. Um going through the newborn journey, so I would just nurse and study and then when she was napping, I would get the rest of the course done. So by summer I was licensed and found you guys. Kind of crazy.
0: Bam. Yeah, we are and again, we we love having you um watching your journey and your growth from where you were then to again where you're now and headed. Um again, I guess, how did you find us? Because again, I, I love kind of talking mm-hmm. about the, and the marketing. And I heard in, in our coffee foreclosures training, Erica Yoon had said something about asking someone like, hey, how did you end up? The one thing I actually was thinking is when buyers would come through there. And at the time I would, I would simply say, how did you find your agent? And then mm-hmm. ask, I would ask that question of how did you find your agent? Because I was curious to what platforms, media marketing uh, that they were doing. So, I mean, how did you find us? And then I yeah. guess what was like, what what drew you to plug in into what we're doing?
1: Totally. And it was through a podcast just like this. Um, so I was already listening to a bunch of entrepreneurial stuff just through running my other companies. Um, and then I, as I was learning my real estate licensing course, I started to listen to real estate podcasts. And I think probably the number one is massive agent. He's like at least top 10. Um, And so I was listening to all of Dustin's weekly podcasts and one week it happened to be why big teams switch brokerages. And I was like, Ooh, this is really interesting and timely knowing that I'm about to interview all of these different companies. Like give me the behind the curtain. I want to know what's going on as a business owner, not just as your day-to-day agent. Like I already had this business mindset. Um, And you guys just told your story. You literally explained it all from the beginning to where you were in 2020, how you've kind of maneuvered in and out of different brokerages trying to find the right home. And everything you guys said was really insightful. And then you happened to be right where it was on Oahu. And so it was just kind of like this serendipitous moment where I found you guys. And I think I started following you on Instagram. It took me a couple of weeks, I think, to initially reach out, but I was doing some like hardcore stalking, to be honest. (laughs) So I was looking at who's social on your team, first of all, who's found on Instagram, who's actually doing the things that I want to do, and do they have a similar lifestyle of what I wanted to. And so at the time, I think it was Pume had two kids, and I was like, dude, she's crushing it. She's got two little ones. Taylor was slaying it on Instagram and social media. And so I was like, wow, they're they're definitely unique in the marketplace when you look at all the other companies and what the other agents are doing. And so that was kind of the initial thing. I just started stalking, and then once I was ready, I was like, let's let's sit down, let's figure this out.
0: Hundred percent. Which um, we love that you found us, and we we've always built our business online, which you are doing. I definitely want to hear a lot more about your your YouTube. Um, you know, you have slayed sales in the last couple of years and are kind of pivoting because. Again, you got to be careful with new agents on saying like, you know, it's okay. Have balance. Like, no, you need to not have balance and crush mm-hmm. for a little bit. And then you earn the right to kind of regain that balance. And there's something that uh, Brent Gove would always say that, that I I love. I had to hear for myself is some of you have to sell less real estate on purpose. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the right place of your business and life and you hear that, you're like, okay, that makes sense. Um, so I guess walk us through. So you found us, you, you got in the into real estate, got licensed during the pandemic, which again, right when that hit, I think we were all like, oh my God, what, what's going to happen? Um, nice. And it was literally fuel on the fire. So you drop in and you fall just right into this new world of real estate. Like walk us through again, plopping down, getting licensed, getting onboarded and what that first year looked like to like get to the point of slaying business in, in literally less than 365 days.
1: Totally. And I think, so we know this, but the test does not teach you how to run a business. They teach you how to pass a test. So yes, you learn all the legalities, but it does not help you on the day to day. And so you really have to start over With like all the groundwork of the basics of what are sales scripts, number one. Like, yes, I've been an entrepreneur and I'm used to pitching myself, but there's something about learning sales and just how to communicate in a way that's helping the consumer come to a decision that I needed to learn. I needed to finesse on that. So I went hardcore into that. Um, There's one thing that we offer, which is called track. And so I did this 12 week intensive program. Um, It really, it's week by week. It's how to at least start your network, how to start getting systems into place. Here's the basics you need to know. And then in addition to the online course, they have weekly coaching programs. so You can drop in, get the, the one-on-one that you need. Um, but then it was a lot of shadowing my mentor. It was going to open houses. I was sitting as many open houses as possible just to be face-to-face with clients too and other agents. And it starts to help like the snowball effect of, oh, this is how it works. Oh, this is how this thing is. Until you see it, touch it, feel it, it's a little bit abstract. So I wanted to be in it as much as possible. And just to go about balance real quick, absolutely, I was not balanced in this season because I was still juggling the three businesses. I still had wedding clients and I was doing real estate. Um, But with any business, regardless of its real estate, you do have to go all in and you're going to lose sleep and you're going to work harder and be a lot more tired in the beginning, knowing there's rewards down the road. Um, And so I knew one of my businesses, which was the wedding planning was probably the first to go. Um, And so I exited that one. I wasn't the owner of that one. I was a contractor for Bustle Events. And so I just told her, like, unfortunately, after 10 years, we're breaking up, but I'm so excited for the new career. So kind of stepped away from that. And then with Rome, I mean, this was the winter of the first year. So about six months into real estate was really feeling the pressure of like, dang, I'm trying to stage two houses a week on top of doing real estate and having these two kids. Like, it's a lot. I was going to every single target on island to source freaking pillows. It was just not working. And so you just really have to get clear with where do I want to go? Is what I'm doing today going to serve me three years from now? And the answer was no. It was not serving my marriage either and just us trying to juggle all these things. Um, But I just, it took... A good six months, I feel like, for me to get my feet under me. Having been an experienced entrepreneur, it's just a new thing. So you have to be patient in the process. And then January hit, and all of a sudden I had foreign escrow out of nowhere. And it was like, oh, my gosh, it's working. Um, and I think people on social media were realizing, dang, Marina is taking this serious because I was sharing consistently on stories. I was posting a lot of education um and they just like my sphere was along for the ride and so like oh she used to be weddings but look at her go in real estate and i love seeing the tours she posts and kind of stuff um and then at that moment in the spring it just kept going and it was consistent consistent this is 2021 by then so still mid-pandemic buyers are falling from the sky they're coming out of the woodworks um and i realized i need an assistant like asap and so by april i had my first assistant come on and really she helped me create the systems and the tools to replicate and scale. Cause at that point I was swamped. I was trying to figure it all out. Um, And I was averaging five to six in escrow at a time. Fast forward. Well, let's just stop at the one year mark. So by then definitely had hit the 12 in transactions. And that was about a hundred thousand. And it just clicked for me too. I was like, Holy crap. Like this works. Is it easy? Hell no. But like you said, is it simple? Yes. Like once you do three, four, five, you start to learn like the muscle that it takes and just, the common things you're building templates, you're doing copy paste. It's not really reinventing the wheel, every client. Um, and so that built confidence too, as I grew
0: hundred percent. And actually, as we bring people on and do these things, you, you start to just hear the same things you want more listings there. Here's five, five basic things that you need to do every single time. Um, so yeah, it's very simple. It's just, I'll tell you what, it's habits very, it's, it's simple. You know, when you're looking at like the, the, Miracle morning, you know, it's very simple to do it, It's but simple is not always hard, like easy and basic is not very, is always hard. Um, You know, we've actually brought some people in to do things and, you know, when you're starting to do core values and you actually establish core values in your business and company, to get it actually to a point where it's simple took a lot of work, energy, um, and frankly, money and resources to bring these experts in to kind of come and help us. So walk us through real quick on, you you sold that business because you walked away from the 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 staging company Rome Rentals, um, mm-hmm. which again you were just getting overloaded. So to get it to a point, because I mean, are you building a sellable business? And anytime anyone's doing anything, and we actually, I got, I got a buddy who was running a coffee shop, and the whole time you're kind of asking like, what is a company worth? So it, you know, you have basically what is it, assets, liabilities, and expenses. Mm-hmm. That's like your basic accounting, and then you have EBITDA, the earnings before interest t- taxes deductions and taxes I think it is um, and so then you you look at basically the value of a business business is its sales essentially if you have assets great you might have some value in the assets itself but really it's what are your profits looking like like literally like if you are at zero profit so you know you spend hundred you to make a hundred thousand dollars you're spending a hundred thousand dollars your business is worth zero and people don't realize that. So Rome Rentals, you actually were able to essentially sell it at a pretty decent little profit. Like mm-hmm. what were you doing with that company? You know, branding, marketing, uh, what care were you putting into it? What was your clientele portfolio? What did everything look like real quick on that uh, quick run through of that and then how you were able to basically sell that and walk away?
1: Totally. So to recap, um, we started this thing 2016 and it was starting as wedding rentals. So someone needed a peacock chair it didn't exist when i came to hawaii and in california it was like all the rage so we literally started with two peacock chairs from craigslist for 50 bucks and we'd rent them out for 150 a pop and so it was a really quick turnaround like the business model was there the first year i just reinvested everything we made back into the business so we're growing inventory growing inventory fast forward after i became an agent i still ran the business until the end of 2021 and so As I had my assistant come on, she was seeing how I was juggling staging and real estate and kind of job shadowing at the same time. Um, And so at the end of the year, I was like, I need to cut the cord. Like, I cannot keep doing this. And she was seeing how it was working. And so I was like, I just need someone to buy it, but it needs to be the right person. And she kind of volunteered herself to buy it. And so I was like, oh, wait, I don't even realize how to sell a company. Let me, like, like, figure this out, first of all. So I reached out to my CPA, got a couple of advice, got some advice from some other business owners who had sold businesses. But there isn't, like, this guide to selling your business. You're kind of on your own to figure it out. And so one way to do it was to figure out, okay, we could do the profits and multiply that by an excellent amount, right? Or we could just liquidate the assets because the the buyer, my assistant didn't want the storage. She just wanted the pieces and the clients. And so we had to kind of tally up, well, what is our reputation? How are we presenting this brand? Because there is value in the brand. Um, how much money have we invested in graphic design and photography and marketing and all of that? And so you have all these like little columns of tallies of value, in addition to all the assets. So we had to itemize every single piece of staging that we had, every single everything. It was whole thing. Um and then you come up with this magical number and you present the number and you say this is what I think we're worth, knowing that we work with top brands like Tarte Cosmetics and La Mer and um Polo and Fila and People Magazine, like we have a huge roster of portfolio And so that all comes with the brand. That's the reputation. When you book Rome, you're not just booking an average stager, you're working with PR specialists and marketing specialists, people that work with influencers. Um, And so that's a huge value add. But then we just presented the number and her and her sister decided this is an awesome hobby business for them to start. They weren't going to treat it like this big thing. But if it could run on its own, it was a great investment for them. Um, And so at the time, and she's still with the company, I had my lead stager. And so she came along with the company and transferred with the owners. And she still does most of the stagings from booking to completion. So the owners kind of have hands off. And so it's an easy replicatable thing. They don't have to reinvent the wheel. That was huge. But yeah, it just, it was kind of a God timing thing. It was kind of crazy.
0: Boom. Perfect. So, um, I mean, the one thing I'll point out to all the listeners is as you, as you talk about it, you talk about it like a business, like, you know what I mean? We say this as well. Are you treating your business like a business, not a hobby? Um, and everything you just broke down is absolutely entrepreneurialism at its finest, you know, building something up. Um, And taking pride in in establishing a brand, not just because I mean, I know we we know a lot of stagers out there, but uh, you actually built a lot more than that. So that is fantastic. As we kind of roll from there and how you were able to build that up, sell that off, which is awesome. um, You really dove into, again, we've always been cutting edge. and We love being the forefront of, you know, again, 2010, we're uploading listings on social media. People were making fun of us, reporting us to the local boards. Um, you know, you're really diving into the, into the YouTube and you know, what is it last year? What's our total business? Like 7 million in 2022, just off of, just off YouTube, like Mm -hmm. just from YouTube and it doesn't take a ton of subscribers. So what are you doing? Like, what is your, your number one suggestion tactic, you know, into the YouTube game? And and again, we could have an entire episode on YouTube, but you know, What are are you focusing on? What's your your number one tactic or strategy? Mm -hmm. Walk us through that.
1: Um, Well, number one, you have to commit. And I realized YouTube was a long-term play, just like it would be if you were to start a farm of mailers. Like you cannot expect a client off of one video or one mailer. Um, So I knew if I was going to do this, I had to commit to a certain number. So my commitment was for one year. I was like, I'm just going to go into this and do a video every single week for a year and see what happens. Um, but with that, there's a little bit of strategy and some risk, right? Cause I'm gonna be investing money into this and a lot of time it takes to get going. Um, but then recognizing it's a search engine. And so the content that I'm creating is specifically answering questions that people are searching. Um, so on the flip side where a social media can be a lot of like hero facing or like whoever is the person posting, it's about you. YouTube is not about you at all. It's literally about the client and what the client needs and wants and is confused about. And so there's this book called a hundred questions for first time, home buyers, I think is what it is. And I literally just went through and flipped through and I found like 20 questions that were in there that I was commonly getting on social media and stuff and from clients. So I just picked those and started to answer the questions because that's exactly what people are searching. How do I get a pre-approved for a first time buyers loan? What does that look like? What is pre-approval? What is escrow? Like the basic vocabulary That was my very first video series. Um, And immediately, like, not immediately, but I would say within two months, I started to see, like, the subscriber count go up. And this is also a mindset shift because if you go – from Instagram like back then you could post something and easily have 200 likes on YouTube I was like rejoicing over one subscriber. <laughs> it's just a total different thing. Um, and then you get the one and then you get to 10 and I think by three months I was at like 50 subscribers and I was so overjoyed because it feels like you have to work so hard for those subscribers. Because you really do. You have to educate them in order for them to commit to subscribing. It's different than other platforms. Um, but one came through. Uh, they were a couple from San Francisco, and they wanted to relocate to Hawaii during the pandemic. And they found me on YouTube. They watched all my videos, she said. And they were there on island that weekend and wanted to go to an open house the next day. I answered my text message immediately, and I said, absolutely, I'll be there tomorrow. A week later, we get them into contract for $1.5 million And it was just mind-blowing, like... Great check. That's all I can say.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then, um, you know, you have some of these people that kind of talk the earnings per hour that Mm -hmm. you're earning. Um, You know what I mean? That was long game, but it actually started to pay off. But then then fast forward and in 2022, seven mil total, Mm -hmm. which is.
1: Because it becomes evergreen. So you're answering questions that are relevant two years, three years later down the line. And so people can still go if they find me today, they're going to go back to some of those older videos In fact, one of them's like a tour of sea country in Waianae. And so it's just a neighborhood highlight. It's one of my top performing videos from a year ago. And I'm not really even in Waianae as much anymore. But people are curious because the price points... So they're seeing those things and being like, whoa, I didn't know that was in Waianae or that's like that. Um, So they want to know what the neighborhoods are like. Like you have to put yourself in the mindset of someone moving to your area that literally knows nothing about the city, but like whether they're relocating for work or for pleasure, they want to know where to go, where to eat, where to shop. What is it really like to commute there? Those are the things they're searching. And when you can build that trust and that credibility, then they're literally your super fans. Um, So I'll get clients where I meet them online from videos And we have our first showing because they fly into Hawaii for showings and they're like starstruck. They're like, I can't believe I'm meeting Marina. She's so awesome. And like, Oh my gosh, like almost can we take a selfie type of status, which is the funniest thing to think about as an agent, but it really is. It's just that instant authority to say, Oh, she's creating content and she's not your average agent.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, The consumer, consumer behavior has has always been changing and always will be changing. And I think uh, consumers more than ever are trying to use those, those okay. different platforms of, of shopping. And again, it's, it's, I think what you said is we almost have to put ourselves in their shoes. Like, all right, well, I'm moving to a location. I don't know. Yeah. How do you even go about learning, learning about the areas and and what, what, what it is. So, and the best thing about the video form is that you're, you're catching these people on their time and mm-hmm. you know, you're not called cold calling them. You're literally presenting it to them and they are literally converting themselves on their time, not on yours. I guess, like you said, evergreen, which just makes it so much powerful. So what is like your, your video planning outlook look like? How far out are you planning? Like, what is the content that you're kind of going through and and doing your videos based off of?
1: Not as good as it should be. I'll say that. So literally, (laughs) I'll know like a week in advance. Okay. We're going to film Friday, I'm such a procrastinator. I'll wait till Thursday night as I go to bed to be like, oh, shoot, I don't know what I'm filming the next day. But my process is what are the common questions I've been getting? Like, what's kind of the theme of business right now that I'm in? And then what are some things I wish more people know? That's always top of mind. Um, one other pillar of my YouTube is also my community that I live in. So hopefully, so I'm always sharing what's new. Um, like the video coming out this week is on the heart, which is the Hawaii rail system. And so just letting people know like, Hey, we're going to have three rail stations here. It's pretty awesome. These are the things you need to know. Um, and then always like a home tour is always a good one. Uh, the luxury ones, anything over a 2 million price point, the videos perform so much better than our average home, unfortunately. So I just, I'll partner with that listing agent if it's not mine. And I'll just say, hey, I'm going to market this for you and you're going to shine too. It's not just about me. So we're not stealing something from them, but we're collaborating with them. Um, and so just recognizing if I do this listing video for you, then you also get exposed to these X amount of viewers online. It's a win-win for both of us. Um, Are you bringing
0: that listing agent actually into your video to like introduce them mm-hmm. or, or just use, no, just use their listing?
1: Just in the description. And okay. I just say listed cool. by da-da-da-da-da DME for information kind of thing. Yeah. But they definitely get the credit mm-hmm cool yeah but that's kind of it and then as i do that i do a little bit of um like thumbnail and keyword uh, research so i use VidIQ, and i know there's also tube buddy which are great additions to your youtube creator platform uh, but they do a lot of seo backend stuff so you can just type in a topic like if i type in hawaii rail system it's going to tell me three suggested titles that would be really well performing and then I know that title going into the video that I'm going to mention this. This is kind of the theme of the video. This is the question that I'm answering. Um, and it just, I think it helps the viewer a lot as a smoother smoother delivery.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive in here real quick because actually one of the things that we we're listening to, I think a lot of times we, we highlight on kind of the end result. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's what when I talk about our story of, you know, ups and downs, 2010, running our brokerage, shutting the brokerage down, you know, the lap like, laughing and crying, the breaking down, like what, what would be like one, two, like what what were some of the struggles? Cause again, like there's so many good things, which life has created from just adversity and the ups and downs. But when you got into real estate, you know, what were, what was like one point you remember to where you're like, dude, I about freaking just walked away, walked out. I was driving home crying. Like what would be like your biggest struggle you faced getting licensed and, and kind of throughout that process?
1: Um, learning people are crazy was one. <laughs> so I mean, it's just learning humans, right? Because I feel like in the wedding industry, I was so blessed with very nice, soft, beautiful people. I don't know. Like it wasn't the real world. And then you get into real estate and there's not only some sharky agents who are also just assholes, but then there's clients who are really, really emotional. And it's just like a different layer that I didn't have to deal with with weddings as much as people might think brides are crazy. I feel like I had a really good job picking them out and filtering them out. So I'd only work with really cool people. And then you get into real estate and you don't really see the other side until shit hits the fan and they unload on you. And so you're all of a sudden being the bearer of all these emotions and the crying and the yelling and it in the beginning i took it personal i remember venting to you trav i think a couple times of like she made me cry <laughs> i was just like what do i do um and it, it literally i don't know i just I felt so amateur in the beginning because you don't know how to respond when you're also emotional because you just want to like spout back, right? And just be like automatically like, no, you're in the wrong. You're a crazy person. Uh, But you have to save the deal at the same time and then also be professional with the crazy agent who's also blaming you and telling you that you're an idiot of a stupid agent and like don't know what you're doing. And so a lot of it was just trying to like navigate that. But once I built a couple layers more of skin and like figured out I got this. Actually, you don't know what I'm talking about. Um, then the the confidence came, but in the beginning, it was definitely a challenge, and it, it took a couple of nights of tears for sure.
0: <laughs> for sure, and yeah. I guess it's uh, it's definitely one of those learning lessons of things don't necessarily get easier because you still deal with these people. You get better, um, and that's I think the biggest learning lesson for you is just because uh, those are leadership traits. You know, you get thick skin when you when you're running businesses and doing all that stuff, and you know, leadership has to be learned. It can't be taught. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's the fact is what people don't know, like they don't know what they don't know. I, I, and that's the thing I remember too, like that I try to get it across to agents to where when I'm helping them or on the, they're on the team or we're just coaching and mentoring them is everything can go perfectly. You can communicate perfect. Everything can go perfectly. And then they can kind of come back and just be like, think you did like, they were like, oh my God, I can't believe like, that transaction. And you're like, what do you mean? Like, it was a perfect transaction. And for me, I remember a foreclosure. I was running a foreclosure, which I I prepare, I communicate ahead. Hey, just so you know, this is what a normal transaction looks like in a foreclosure. We're going to also see, you know, XYZ, these additional hurdles, things to go through. So like I prepped them and then I even prepped them more on the foreclosure and everything was good. It was like, we were waiting for the banks to just sign off on it. And like, I remember like the wife was like, kept calling and like just yelling at me. And I'm like, dude, we're, we're done. I have no control. And I think that's where you start to learn and live and, and uh, function by a set of core values at that point. Because once you become the leader and you're like, dude, I've seen some shit. You don't know what you're talking about. When they cross lines at that point, that's, that's where it, when you're for, in, new in real estate or business in general, you really can't afford to fire people. You almost work with it. This is where you start learning to fire people because you're like, "Hey, I know what's going on. You're being an asshole. You've crossed lines. You know, go kick rocks." And that's where you really start to protect yourself. So, a hundred percent. What what would be one thing you would say to a, a either a seasoned agent or a new agent on that? Like, "Hey, just learn your profession." Like, what would be the biggest? Lo- like, and you have to stay neutral.
1: And it's so easy in the beginning to be. Um... Like to to be desperate, to be honest, because you want the money, you need the commission to pay yourself back. Like you're desperate in the beginning, but nobody can know that. And you can't even give a cent of that either. Even if the agent is the one on the other phone being like, well, I've been an agent for 30 years and you don't know what you're talking about. You have to stay neutral and like, well, I could care less if this thing closes. It has to make sense for my client, number one. And then on the other side, it's letting your clients know like, hey, absolutely, I have your back. But at the same time, is it worth all these other things that you're telling me right now? And is that even applicable to the deal? Or are you just trying to emotionally vent on me? Because that's not fair either. Um, And then just boundaries. Honestly, in the beginning, I remember being on phone calls still at 11 o'clock at night because that's the only time the client could talk, which I think is bullshit now that I know better. Um, And so just realizing like, no, I actually have family time. And after these hours, I will respond the next morning. Absolutely. If it's important, you can email me and I'll email you back. Like we do not need to be venting back and forth and crying to each other. Like it was this whole thing. Huge learning lesson. So, just having confidence in yourself and your professional abilities to say, actually, I think you're wrong, or actually, this is how I prefer to do business. You know, just having that confidence. Yeah.
0: Bam. Yep. No, 100%. Create the boundaries, live by them. Nothing goes on. Nothing goes on between nine o'clock at night and 7 a.m. the next morning. Like,
1: yeah. And if you do lose a client, the then you shouldn't be working with them, anyways.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. And to be able to be able to get to a place again, thrive mode, we always say, is to get into thrive mode and not survival mode. Cause then you can actually function by those. So all right, um, so we've seen some struggles, we've seen some of your successes. You know, you are a mom entrepreneur, a you know, full-fledged mother, you're an amazing wife and an amazing business professional. Like, how do you balance everything? How do you do it without avoiding you know mom guilt and all of those things?
1: Mm-hmm. It's taken time. It's a journey. It's not like I just woke up and became this like balanced mom. No, and and, like balance isn't even a thing. So let's get that out of the picture. It's definitely fluid. It goes back and forth. There are seasons of life. Um, So when I started the business, I knew I needed to work hard. Like we talked about, I knew I had to work double time to get this thing off the ground. And it was going to take late nights and early mornings. And I was on Zoom calls at 5 a.m. sometimes and then doing preschool drop off. Like you just figure it out. Um, but so much of it comes from that communication with your partner to just say, hey, either I need a lot of help today or I'm about to lose it if I don't tell you all these things that are going on that's on my plate because they don't know. Like if they're not involved in your business, they have no idea what we're dealing with, and especially the, the client load and just the different personalities that we work with. Um, so lots of communication. And then really now in this season, as I've learned, it's it's so much intentionality. So I have to do my calendar planning every single Sunday and block out the family and personal time first before any of my business obligations and then and only then with what's left I make it work and I feel like I do a really good job of compartmentalizing it and putting on the business hat and then just crushing whatever it is I have to get done there's no excuses it's like a must do thing every day and then I can chill and then I can relax because I know I've done my daily things or whatever like are the huge milestones for the quarter like I just there's certain priorities that have to get done After that, I can have a little bit of peace because I've planned it out. And I know as long as I perform with X amount, I'll be okay, Um, But then again, the boundaries. So being clear with your clients. You don't have to say that you're at the soccer game. You don't have to say that you're like out and about and doing all these family things. But you just say, I'm unavailable. But how's X date or Y date? And if I'm not available, then I've got two teammates who are easily able to show you. And we got you covered 24-7. But it's that communication. It's not being afraid to say, I have a team. I have help. I have support. And if you're a solo agent, then find that buddy that's willing to also help you. And you guys help each other. Uh, but I don't think you, got, you have to be available 24 seven ever. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And actually kind of like the core values, when you actually say like, I value my time and I'm very structured,
1: mm-hmm. it, it's
0: amazing how, when you present that and say, Hey, look, I function between, between this and this, I, I've got this, 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 Yep. I have this opening and if this opening doesn't work, it's another opening. How, when you treat your, your business like a business and you respect your time it's amazing how other people respect your time. If you're a 24-7 agent and you don't respect your time, which is what that means, your clients won't respect that time. Therefore, you're going to pick up clients that don't respect your time. I can't remember what book I was reading too because I see so many people checking out at the office at 9 p.m. and they, they post about it like it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Like done grinding, I've been grinding, it's 9.30 at night. It literally, in the book, like was like, if you're at the office at 9 o'clock at night, you are doing something critically wrong in your business.
1: Yeah. And And it's so true. Our age group too, we've gone through the hustle mode of like culture. And I feel like just now, I think the pandemic did a really great job of this, of like shaking us up to be like, family's more important. Family's more important. Be home, be with them. Whereas before, like honestly, from 2011 to 2016, I was grind mode all the time. That's the only way I did three companies is like I was working 24-7. And it's because I felt like I had to. I felt like to be successful, to be this like – entrepreneurial influencer. Like I had to show that I was working and I was glamorizing the hours I was putting in. But now that I've learned and I've had coaching and I've like really processed it, I was addicted to the hustle. And I know you just went through this with social media, but like we are fucking addicted to our phones like constantly. And so if we can unplug and actually have enjoyment and fulfillment by being present, then you are winning. But so often we're distracted to like have the the quick fix, the seven second video or whatever. And that's not living life. And so really like learning and growing through that was a big struggle.
0: 100%. And actually, I mean, to speak for me, like the grind is a, it's at for most people, it's a, a lot of times it's a numb, it's a, it's a mm-hmm. numb to where, hey, I don't want to deal with all of these things and these emotions and things like that. Therefore, it's actually like an easy, comfortable place to go to. You're like, hey, I go to my work, my kind of grind,
1: mm-hmm. and it kind of lets
0: you avoid it some of the things that you might not mentally want to deal with. So yeah. I think, I yeah, think our society, yep, <laughs> for sure. And I think our society did that a lot. Um, how's, how's like working mobile? You know what I mean? We're kind of like a, a national company and team and organization now. You know what I mean? How, how do you find balance like working from home and doing all that?
1: I love it. And it's the only way I could have done real estate, to be honest. If someone told me I had to come to an office and sit on a phone, it just would not work, especially with a newborn, especially knowing I wanted to be home and stay home. Um, I love the flexibility. I make my schedule. Um, I determine when and where I go places. And honestly, I've like when we started working together, you were already in Colorado. So you trained me up completely virtually, um, which is really cool to think about. And then just having like the ability to slack you whenever, and knowing that you have respected boundaries too. But if it wasn't you available, then I had five other people I could call in a second, you know? And so really just, you build the trust over time. And if you're not used to that environment yet, like if you're used to corporate office culture, it can be an adjustment, um, I think especially on the self-motivation side, if you're not used to sitting down and forcing yourself to work and you're used to yoga pants, like maybe we need to, <laughs> to get some boundaries and some discipline. Um, but it does take some, some learning, right? So it is a muscle you got to build. I know if I don't get dressed for the day, then I perform differently. I know if I don't put my makeup on, I perform differently. Um, and so just being the person you want to be when someone thinks of you, what are they thinking of you? And then show up as that version you want them to be. Um, so yeah, I I love working from home. There's no other way I'd do it, and we can literally 100%. travel. And I close deals when I travel, so it's awesome.
0: One hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's uh again the pandemic really caused for us to learn quite a bit. Uh, but again, having kiddos and things like that, like you can kind of just plug in and then walk out from the meeting. You know, walk out from your podcast that you're on right now, and then go hang out with the kids for thirty minutes. Yeah, it's it's been pretty good. All right. So you're an amazing person, like definitely one of the kindest, awesomest, most motivated people. How do you do that? Like, how are you such just a good person?
1: (laughs) I don't know if there's an answer of how God made me this way. No, but um, I've definitely worked on personal development. hundred percent. I was not always this version that I am today. Um, I've gone through a lot of trauma in my life and I've had to seek a lot of help, a lot of therapy. Um, a lot of seeking God and for healing and forgiveness. Um, There's been a lot of that. But then I just feel like you also, I mean, I don't know how to put this other than to say, like, I feel like I was put on this earth to be a shining light to other people and so I—that that is my mission. That is my mission to encourage and to inspire people in whatever I'm doing that's creating income. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't have to be income related. But with the careers I've chosen, they're always something that creates beauty in someone's lives and it creates hope and like a positive experience. I've always worn the rose-colored glasses. Even when shit hits the fan and you're in a horrible situation, I've just had the ability to look on the positive side, knowing that it's a choice. You really have to choose happiness. Um, it's so easy to go down the negative path. Uh, but that doesn't get you anywhere and you're just going to be stuck. And I knew I wanted a better life than that. And so I'm just always chasing and trying to be a better version and bring up the people around me to that better version of themselves too. But I don't know if there's like a real easy way to explain how it's you go through stuff. If I had a perfect life, I don't know if I'd be happy either. Um, Yeah. You just, you're always improving.
0: hundred percent. And I think uh, you you pretty much nailed it. Um, That's why I always, I'm a firm believer in adversity um book everyone should read, The Greatest Salesman in the World, Ogmandino. Um, his mentor basically was saying like he could have given him everything, but he would have robbed him, is what he said. Oh, he basically, yeah. I could have given you everything, but I would have robbed you from the experience, aka the adversity that you would have gone through that's going to help craft you into the greatest salesman in the world. Um, so I definitely think it's it is the the downs that make the up and the ups that make the downs and, and the adversity kind of creates us and creates the joy in our life. So, um, you know, I know you're, you're a, a pretty godly person. Um, you know, as, as we are, like we are at a place in life where we're unapologetically, you know, here by God's grace. So every decision that we make is it, it to shine upon his light. And I think you said it perfectly is don't. And if you are in a place cause you said it as well to where, and we've been in these places to where you can't shine as bright as you know you can shine. You need to get out immediately. Um, and we've been in situations where we're literally like dimming our light on purpose to like make other people feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And we created a world to where we can shine our brightest, and we help people shine their brightest. So, as a new, newer agent, business professional, entrepreneur, like. Um, struggling moms out there or struggling agents or business professionals, like what would be the one thing that you would just want to tell them, deliver and like the the drop, the pearl of wisdom to help them take another step? What, What would that be?
1: Stop playing freaking small. I feel like so many people are holding back Because they lack confidence or they just think that somebody else is going to do it better than them so they don't even try you have to fail forward and you have to be willing to just like go for the things or you're never going to know and i'd much rather be living in a life of failures of like accumulated failures essentially than a life of regret um and so just having like what's the absolute worst case scenario if you do fail right at the end of the day maybe your ego gets a little scuffed maybe your pride or something but like go for it there are so many agents who don't use social media like they should because they care so much what other people think and the answer is nobody cares <laughs> it's all about us and if you're thinking about yourself when you're filming a video then you have the wrong mindset and so that's a great check right there to be like wait why are you filming this again is it for you or is it to help somebody um and so there's just yeah just fail just try just keep going um stop playing small if mindset is an issue, if you're constantly in this lack mentality and scarcity, then fix it. Go find help. Go get personal development. Go listen to podcasts. Like there are so many podcasts um, like Lewis Howes and Mel uh, Robbins, like so many people um, and it's for free. So it's literally up to you to go seek help and learn and improve yourself.
0: Bam. Beautiful. Yeah. Tony Tony Robbins, I think it was, that said that someone asked him like, how do you speak in front of these hundreds of thousands of people? And he basically said, like, because it's about you, it's for you. You know, if it was about me, like Tony Robbins, he wouldn't be able to. So, yeah, yeah, you got to start on the inside and grow outwards for sure. So, uh, Marina, you're wonderful. We're so, so happy to have you on here, have you in our world. Um, We're excited to see where you're going to go. So uh, tell everybody where they can find you, you know, follow Instagram, YouTube, all that. What, What are your social handles?
1: Yep. Um, I'm most active on Instagram still. So it's Marina T Tolentino underscore. It's kind of a mouthful. Um, But then YouTube is all my name. TikTok's my name, Marina Tolentino. Um, And I'm just a DM away. So recently I was just on Massive Agent Podcast and got a ton of good DMs going. If you guys want to start a conversation, I would be happy to connect. Um, but the feedback I've been getting is people just need a little bit of encouragement. And so I'm here to be that encouragement, light that fire under us if you need it. Um, but I want you guys to all win. And if you're listening to this, you're in the right spot because this podcast is going to be crushing. I'm so excited for the things coming up and the speakers Trav is going to have on. But this is what we do on the day to day. We really just like riff together. We help inspire each other. And that's what our community is for It's just to help agents thrive. So I'm excited. Thanks for having me.
0: Awesome. Thanks for popping on there. You guys know, go on, Follow her. As always, go with the bottom left there. Collab coffee for closers. Give us a follow on YouTube. Um, without further ado, thank you so much, Marina. You are wonderful. Coffee is for closers. Mm, cheers. Awesome. Enjoyed this episode of Coffee for Closers? Subscribe to the show
1: anywhere you find podcasts, and follow Collab Agents on social at Collab Agents.